We're here. We're live. We're back again. The new Dynasty Points, formerly the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, coming together at FantasyPoints.com to be the leading provider for Dynasty video content here at Fantasy Points. If you have not listened to us before, we need to give you the reminder. We are not a news show. We are not a start or sit show. We have fun here, and you should too. If you've never watched the Full Tilt program, we've always known one thing for sure. This game can rip your heart out just when you think you have all of the answers. Well, we can tell you that we don't have all the answers. But what we do have is a very particular set of skills, skills we've obtained over a long career. And with those skills, we will always try to provide you the most actionable and transparent advice possible. We know people make mistakes. We know People screw up in this game, and we will be the first ones to tell you if we have done that. Uh, you can definitely count on us holding ourselves accountable. Last week, the pimp daddy Scott Barrett, the director of Dank Stats, joined us. Well, today it's special for a different reason. The man on the screen has not been on a full tilt or dynasty points program since the draft, and it's made us sad original member original founder one of the men that helped get this whole thing started it's big billy uh very happy to have you back uh just an absolute genius and one of the most down-to-earth human beings i've ever met uh wow. Dave is hyped that you're back we're all hyped that we're back uh, that you're back welcome back man yeah thank thank you Thank you. I, I wish I could have come back with more hair than I left with, but that's not how the world works. Uh, I got to say it was beautiful to hop on and see Dave in the chat immediately. Got I think that's DeBaradox, ain't it? It is. That is DeBaradox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it was very excited to hop on. If y'all can't tell, I moved in with my beautiful girlfriend. There's no longer a credible a crappy apartment bed that came with the apartment behind me. We actually have furniture now. So oh my goodness. I'm, I'm very excited to hop on and chat with y'all. It's, it's amazing. One of the, I'm, I'm so excited to get to Billy's stat corner and original game debuted on this podcast that our other guests just fell in love with. And we did too. Uh, we've had a hard time finding a replacement for that. The ADP game is like pretty okay, but the snack corner is just it. So we're going to hit that after we get into the ranked conversation. We have a question here already from Hunter Stantine. Uh, it, he got this question in like way early. So it was in there this morning, 8.58 a.m. Uh, this question was in here. So I want to get to that before we do anything else, because that kind of question asking, that's got to be a numero uno. So obviously this is fresh off of last night's game and where he's feeling. I've made my opinions on QJ very, very well known that I would sell him for a half-eaten ham sandwich and a Diet Coke. So is it time to just sell Quinton Johnston for whatever you can get before he is sky and JMO, or do you hold him and wait for the offseason hopium and raise his value a bit? That's, that's uh, tough for JMO to just include him yeah, in the sky territory. That, I don't know if I'm all the way there. JMO, yeah. How could you not? Okay, sorry. JMO is toast. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. Like Sky Moore is like droppable. Like JMO is not droppable. If you threw yeah, him to him, he would drop him. 
literally. <laughs> Skymore's dynasty waivers. JMO still has enough, like JMO's redraft waivers, but he's not the dynasty waivers le- level. Yet. And, and and unfortunately, it's not even redraft waivers. I'm on this. I have this team, the main event team. That's the only team that we keep tweeting about because it's just been comical that I'm co-managing with Liam Murphy and Ron Stewart. And we did like a pretty uncharacteristically early running back start where we took Pollard, Brees, Hall, and ETN in our first five rounds. And what's resulted in is like over the last half of our draft, everyone was just like taking their own ceremonial wide receiver that sucks and will always suck. But like maybe this guy is upside. And we've been engaged in like a survivor-like vote out scheme over the past few weeks as we need things like backup quarterbacks or tight end twos or defenses uh, where we just keep having to cut our ceremonial wide receivers one by one. Uh, And Jameson has been a subject of discussion every week where I've wanted him cut since the moment we drafted his ass. Yeah. Um, But so far he's been protected at a two V one vote from Ron and Liam. So he is not yet redraft probable if you're on our team. Uh, we've sacrificed Rashad Bateman. We've sacrificed Traylon Burks. We've sacrificed Jonathan Mingo Burks. this week. It's just we're, we're moving down the list. Tony has been sacrificed. Every <laughs> shitty young wide receiver you can think of has been cut by this team or is still on this team. JMO fits that, in my opinion. Like, I was never a big with him as a prospect. Didn't really care where he got drafted. Uh, it had not... when Look, when the best thing the coaching staff comes out and says is that we love his ability to help us in the run game. My red flag kind of goes up, and then they go and trade for Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's better at JMO's job than JMO is. It, it, the writing's on the wall, but this isn't about JMO. This is about Quinton Johnston, who I also view as kind of in that tier of you're definitely probably a, like a bust, right? He's Traylon Burks 2.0 was my opinion of him pre-draft, and it's just being reaffirmed. And it was, well, maybe he just needs an injury. Oh, if he just, if the, if Mike Williams didn't play, okay, well, Mike Williams went out for the year. Now, oh, if Palmer could just, you know, not be there, he would just get so many. It's not happening. And I don't really know why right now. But at this point, we're at week 10. I don't know if the breakout's coming. They've had the buy. Like, I just, my red flags are way up. I mean, at this point, I still think you're just holding because I don't know. I think, I mean, look, maybe at some point in time, I just, I just keep having the same line about him. Uh, maybe at some point in time, the dynasty community will completely change. And these like high profile face plants are just worth literally nothing in the off season and they're untradeable. And, you know, maybe, maybe that starts this year. I don't know. But generally speaking, um, especially prospects of Quentin Johnston's, um, level of interest coming into the season and first round draft capital and all like, they're just not usually at below round two pick trading value in the off season. And I understand that if you have one QJ in one league, you know, you might approach this differently. You might look at it and say, my league is extremely illiquid. Um, But if we're talking about, you know, players with between two and five QJs in 20 to 30 leagues, you know, it's, it's not as much of a concern of like, can I get to literally zero? It's like, maybe you move a couple, um yeah so all i would say is 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 no one is paying a first for him today right all me no one's paying an early second for him today what are you trading him for now in your league that you don't think you can get it any one day in an eight month off season like i'm just i'm just not so sure that that offer is out there where it's worth it 
to not just wait and see what happens without Josh Palmer and see if what I think is unlikely, which would be QJ being good, happens. Um, I still think that there's more of a chance of that happening than that there's some great deal out there now that isn't going to be there in the offseason. I will note, like, he had a pretty reasonable game against Chicago in the Sunday yeah. night game. He had six yeah. targets, five catches, 50 yards. He was 20, over 20% targets per route run. They finally started to use him on some, like, after-the-catch stuff, which is what he's actually good at. Um, and their entire offense was non-functional this week. They had, what, 136 passing yards yeah. Um, yeah. against the Jets? Maybe. So I don't I don't know that, like, this game, I would view him that differently. He actually led the entire team in routes. He, he ran 35 pass routes this week. So that's somewhat encouraging. Um like I feel better about him now than I felt two weeks ago. If that helps, sure. Yeah, and I, I do want to exercise. I I hate coming back and immediately going back into character. There's a little bit of, we've seen guys like this before, really early drafted guys who, sure, he's probably going to be a bust at that level you want an early drafted wide receiver to be. Like I don't think in five years we're going to be looking at him as you know this peak awesome top 12 dynasty wide receiver talent but i think there's a completely valid chance that he moves into a role like a player like Corey davis who hangs around the the league for years and puts up a couple you know wide receiver seasons right. in the top 30 like the, he's a bust from the level of being that top talent but i think in five years he, I don't think he's Nikhil Harry. I think we're going to have a, a couple fantasy viable seasons for him. So, no, I think at this point, especially looking at guys like Corey Davis and Mike Williams, who did nothing their rookie year. Mike Williams didn't hit 100 yards his rookie year. Granted, other reasons for that. But, like, they, there are these guys who will come back around and do something in the near future. And it's probably not going to be a wide receiver five season or a wide receiver eight, but you know, I don't think anyone's saying he can't be wide receiver 30, which is startable in dynasty. Yeah. He's currently the last player ranked in my early two tier. And like everyone in the base two and later tier is like pretty insignificant. Like it's either we're talking about, you know, rookies and young players who, I guess I think are similar or slightly worse bets than Quentin Johnston, or we're talking about like pretty flex production type veterans or like extremely old dudes. So yeah. like, I just, the, the fear of missing out is not very high. I'm at wide receiver 40. So I think that's fine. Low, 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 low. He's actually, I don't even know what number I have. Actually, I don't have the numbers he is, uh, He's one spot ahead of Jamison Williams, actually, like one spot. So uh, just just interesting. That was a lot more Quinton Johnson than I expected today, uh, given that this. <laughs> oh, is I have I have two spots ahead of Jamison Williams in my wide receiver ranking, so not, not oh, that different. I have no idea what the numbers are because I only have the overall numbers. I don't have the positional right. numbers, but I have Quinton Johnson followed by Elijah Moore followed by Jamison Williams. Pretty. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, that's. That's pretty good. It's sort of just a triangle of sadness. <laughs> copium. There's a lot of copium going yeah. on. Jerry Judy right above them. Like it's really just like a depression corner of the rankings. Right. Wide receiver is a sad state. It's actually the last then, I update. Yeah. Because it's just too sad, depressing. Well, let's let's talk what we're here to talk about with our good friend uh, Billy Boy here. Let's talk about QB rankings. So, Billy, my oh first boy, question: to QB. As somebody who's not 
I'll say as locked in or as dialed in. Someone who has a life. Right. That's stepped away and has had a lot of stuff going on. Do you find it uh, interesting to hear where we're talking about guys like Jacob, where do you have Will Levis right now? Is he at 12? Like where did, where did he end up? Well, as you know, I don't put numbers on these things, but um, that being said, yeah, I have him. Let's see. I, I have him currently at looks like 14. Okay. I have him at 17. When you've been away and kind of not as dialed in, is it almost like a shock to hear guys like that? Will Levis, who's played two games, get moved up that high? Or are you just kind of rolling in with it considering where he was kind of viewed going in? Yeah, I I think it's hard to say because I was in the sphere for so long where, you know, someone throws three touchdowns and all of a sudden Taylor Heineke is a hot high-end player or Aaron Jones isn't re-signing with the Packers, so A.J. Dillon is a top five running back. Like, right. uh, all these things, I, I'm well-versed in how this tends to change. Sure. So it it is funny to kind of look at that and – I think a lot of time spent in this space has made me tend to view players more as um, kind of like a, as Jacob always says, an investment where we look at guys like Will Levis and Will Levis's ceiling. If this team starts building around him, if his wide receiver one, isn't the husk of Deandre Hopkins, you know, with Mike Vrabel, the Titans with a good quarterback could be a seriously strong, heavy competing team. And with that in mind, Will Levis has that ceiling where if he is who he's looked like early on, which is a rookie, but also a rookie that's shown serious flashes, you know, we're looking at a guy that can average 4,000 yards and 30 to 35 touchdowns for the next 12 years. So being able to just invest in that, I mean, my league of record right now, with that I'm in with y'all I'm swimming in the quarterback purgatory I would love to be able to go and grab some guy who I think I can hold on to and just say I don't have to worry about my QB one position for the next five years and I think that's so nice because right now Jordan Love and Bryce Young is not doing it see and that's that's where I want to hit where I think it's interesting you mentioned two guys and one of them I still have ranked ahead of Will Levis, which is Bryce Young. I'm not jumping off. I of think Bryce that's a fair call. I think it's unfair. That's that's that's, that's why that's my difference. I have I have Levis over Young right now. Really? Okay. Interesting. I find I find, I don't think I don't think Bryce Young has been that bad, considering he's soaring to the ghost of Adam Thielen, nobody else. I mean, so, I'm fine I'm, with saying I'm fine with saying that he has a lot of valid excuses to be bad. I'm fine with saying that sometimes bad quarterbacks become good quarterbacks. Dude's been bad. Yeah, and I think you also can make the same argument for Will Levis. So that that's kind of where. But I mean, the quarterback landscape right now. Maybe we can like quibble into the these micro disagreements, like a Levis versus a Young. But I think we would all agree, and I think pretty much everyone would agree. Like I'll rattle off eleven names that I would guess in some order, almost everybody would agree is the top eleven, which is. Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, C.J. Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungavailoa, Kyler Murray, and Anthony Richardson. And then yep. we get this like middle group of basically, well, there's Dak, who's just like his own little thing, who just floats in the middle for eternity <laughs> and dynasty. But if we just put the Dak middle 
weirdo to the side. <laughs> the rest is like we get this big group of like high upside quarterbacks with like a lot of question marks, which is like we have Watson, we have uh, um, Justin Fields, we have Sam Howell, we have Will Levis, we have Bryce Young. Um, maybe I'm missing somebody, but that's like Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's like kind of that, that's kind of that crew. And then beneath that, everyone is completely depressing, Um, right? Like then um, we're just into like the, then we're just into guys that are like never really going to see that much of a value rise. Like we're talking about Goffs, we're talking about Geno's, we're talking about cars, we're talking about, you know, Kirk's and Stafford's and Russell Wilson's and Daniel Jones, like all these goofs. So it's, it's really like that, that middle group is, is the interesting group to play right now. Right. Yeah. You know, right from, from Watson to who were the names again? Watson, Levis, Purdy, Bryce Young, Fields. Justin Fields, Sam Howell. Like those are probably the most interesting quarterbacks in dynasty where there really is yeah. like, if this guy could be worth three first one day, this guy could be out of the NFL in two years like type range of outcomes yeah and that's kind of just always been the the recipe at the quarterback position i mean we even look back the last 20 years look back in 2008 2009 i bet off the top of your head it's pretty easy to say the people that were the top five drafted quarterbacks just because good quarterbacks tend to stick around so when you sit down and you say all right i have peyton manning or some other guy who was Hmm on the back end back then, like you don't really think about that other guy because there's so many established places. So when we have these quarterbacks that tend to stick around for, you know, five, 10, 15 years, in some cases, why do we end up giving those energies to the other people? And the question Mm -hmm. is less, where do they, they rank in those different tiers and more which ones in those second tiers have the possibility to jump into the next level. And I think that's where a guy like Levis or a guy still like Bryce Young as well is so much more interesting than some of these other guys that we see as beneficiaries of a really good situation. I agree in that. I I think it's tiring to talk about like that top seven, right? Like like we get it. Mahomes, he's good. Allen, good. Hurts, good. Herbert, Lamar, Burrow, like to me, that top six doesn't really need to be talked about probably for two years, in, yeah. in my opinion. And then it gets really interesting for that. Like we know Kyler Murray can kind of like get back to it if he's healthy. He's only 26. We're mm-hmm. in this time right now where the top like 10, 12 quarterbacks are all 26. Mahomes is the oldest. Like it's kind of a glory time for quarterbacks. But yet there's still just such a disc. And there's no middle. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the issue. It's like it's literally only Dak Prescott is like the only guy in the middle-aged quarterback bracket. It's like it you have your thing. you have the guys that are like really near in the back nine. You have that Mahomes Allen, you know, that group. You have like the really young emerging guys, like your Lawrence and Stroud and, and this, mm-hmm. these last couple of classes. Um but yeah, it's like you know, Carson Wentz is a I, well, I guess maybe he's back in our lives now. I, I keep saying he's out of the NFL, but I, I can't actually say that any longer today. Uh, you know, you have Goff, who's what, you know, Goff and Carr are like around and they'll probably be around for a while, but you know, what are they, what are they doing really? Um, 
And that's that's kind of like, it. Like, Russ and not... Stafford is the next like group. Yeah, that, that pretty darn close to the end. So like, yeah. there's just no one in that not like age group of like 30 to 32. It's really only Dak who's like a pretty high end option, and, and after that it's Goff, and after that everyone is like, you know, a low end QB two basically. Yeah, and it seems like this is almost I, – I think in 20 years when they do the Patrick Mahomes documentary, this is going to be like a 10, 15-minute segment on the Netflix episode that just runs down this arms race that has come up in the mm-hmm. last couple of years where all of a sudden it's like if you don't have a quarterback that with a good team around it can compete with Mahomes, you don't do anything. Right. So all of a sudden these guys like Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz who were getting these replacement jobs to try and stick around and try to shamble together a deep playoff run and maybe they get lucky, they yeah. aren't giving them the job because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any situation right. you put Carson Wentz in where he, he's going to beat a team led by Patrick Mahomes. So right. why on earth would you do that when you could move on from him, not pay him $30 million yeah. and draft some rookie and try and build a team around him and hope that in four years you're pushing again. I like, like to, I mean, that's one of the most fascinating things of this off season is that two teams having seen very little of them in the previous year, were just like, we're starting Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell this year. Like I thought those yeah. were two of the most interesting decisions yeah. that teams made. And I think wise decisions, like the, the alternative wasn't good. Like they didn't have top five picks. They weren't drafting the top guys. They could have drafted Levis. You know, that would have been like a very viable alternative. Yeah. But like, you know, I think that was very wise to just be like, let's just try the young guy we have and see what happens instead of like, I mean, like to what purpose would it have been if they were just like from day one this season, we're starting Jacoby Brissett and Taylor Heineke. Like you're just, you're just pressing the fast forward button on your season at that point in terms of actually right. trying to compete for a Super yeah. Bowl, not accomplishing anything. Yeah. Uh, in the, in what I'm going to call the contract era for fantasy quarterbacks, we always looked at contract security for running backs, and I'm almost getting to that point with quarterbacks because yeah. it feels like teams are finally starting to hit the reset button on quarterbacks quickly. And it kind of started like the the butt end of that joke is Rosen. Obviously, he got one year and he was yeeted into the sun. Rightly so. I also think he kind of got screwed, uh, quite honestly. But, I mean, Kyler is Kyler. But we're looking at a point where it's like, okay, who has the contract now? Who can we feel? Like Lamar Jackson was like a shaky, right? Oh, is he going to sign there? Where is he going to go? Like that was a legitimate storyline. Then he gets the massive contract, and we saw his ADP literally rise after he signed. That was so contract. silly, as though Lamar Jackson was ever like not going to be in the no, NFL. I understand yeah. that, that but so that's, ridiculous. that's the contract era of quarterback yeah. in Dynasty where you want – Safety at the position it used to Daniel be. Daniel Jones is a big contract, and uh, oh, the other that's not him. so safe, Daniel. Yeah, well, he was bad. Not only was he, and look, we're not saying like, haha, he got hurt, but he was dog shit before he got hurt, <laughs> so, right? Like, I don't think yeah. he was, I don't think he was locked into being their starter next year, even if he had stayed healthy. No, Harrod Taylor bad. operated that offense three times better. Show Harrod, I, I think this I'll is going to be, I'll finish my point here, yeah, and then we'll hand her off. The in the contract era to separate the differences in some of these middling tier before they break out, it has to be the rookie contract. They're cheaper when you're they're rookies. They're cheaper when they're young before they blow up. We saw that with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was a late first type pick. People weren't sure about him. Terod Taylor has the unfortunate 
lung puncture situation. Herbert comes out firing people. The people that were skeptical and didn't buy in are now paying two to three times the price of just taking that re-roll risk, sending a late one, you know, even like a 108, 107 type pick. Now you're paying three firsts and plus for somebody like that. We're not saying that Will Levis is that guy. I'm more, I'm, I'm happier to say someone like CJ Stroud is this year's Justin Herbert for, for that example, where buying in now will be better, but you're going to pay three times more. And the cost of committing now is still going to end up being pretty cheap for the potential blow up outcome. Billy, you're muted. Billy, you are on mute, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Funny. I was pulling up spo track. I'm rusty boys. Uh, <laughs> no, but what I was trying to say was, I think one of the more interesting things this is going to be, and this is something that's probably going to come up this off season and next off season as well, is these guys that are in the like seven to 12 range, these guys who, mm-hmm. you know, there is discussions about whether certain players, like I, I think one of the bigger ones right now is Tua. If he is the guy that can take Miami to a Super Bowl, and you know, they've given him the best team around him, he looks great. I don't, I'm not trying to bash to it here. I think he looks he phenomenal. Looks, he looks great when yeah. it's not zone coverage and his first read is open. He looks fantastic. Exactly. Everything outside of that is 50 50. <laughs> yes. So the question is if you took Tua off and got this young upstart, you were able to upgrade the line, give some money to an off a free agent running back. Can the Dolphins make a run? in a better case with a serviceable rookie quarterback than they would with this, you know, aging player who has looked very good for the bulk of his career and now has a phenomenal team around him. But, you know, you kind of run into this position where it's, you have to give him $50 million a year or move up. Right. Those are your two options. Right. I mean, and who knows? Like it's, you know, the, the, the beauty of what they've built around Tua is pretty, I think, inseparable from how much money he's being paid, which is currently yeah. not that much, right? Like, there's not, you know, th- there's not going to be a version of this Miami team that pays Tua the type of contract that you would think he would command and is able to retain Tyreek on his current contract and pay Waddle the contract that he's going to command. I, I mean, I-, I guess the version of that team is the 32nd ranked defense in the league. But yeah, right. <laughs> the it's going to be legitimately challenging. Like, they've, I mean, they've been able to have this to a waddle combination and then just keep adding every year from Tyree kill to Bradley Chubb, to Jalen Ramsey to Taron Armstead. And, you know, we've seen this pattern with, with all these teams, right? Like early in Josh Allen's career, they were adding, adding, adding all the time. And now they're not, now they're losing Tremaine Edmonds in free agency. And when, you know, and they don't really have much of a wide receiver depth because they can't really pay one. They have to rely on drafting and internal replacements. And they also have a defense to worry about and address. Sorry. It's showing in, in his fantasy performance. It really is. I mean, he's still like, uh, he's still like 24, 25 points per game this year. I think. Sure. But it's not in real life though. They're five and four. Yeah. It's not the playoff spot right now. Yeah. It's just not the same type of Josh Allen performances that's doing it. Yeah, I, I feel like we what we've done now is we've shifted the college quarterback debate, like the same conversations they were having around like Herbert, Tua, yeah. or Burrow, and we've just shifted that five years. And yeah. now it's get the guy, 
And is this guy going to be better than whatever rookie is coming down the road? And it's turning into, you know, it used to be you draft a bad rookie, your team is screwed for five years because all of a sudden you have to reset everything. Now these teams are getting so smart with how they're kind of building these teams that they can plug and play some of these guys. And it's becoming, oh, well, if you sign your quarterback to a five-year contract with players like Daniel Jones or Ryan Tannehill, we start looking at the situation where it becomes really hard to move on from them. And I think that's what's going Very to be much. difficult. I checked the stats on this, by the way, because it does feel like Josh Allen's having a down fantasy year. This is not true. He is at 24.6 no. points per game. Last year, 24.5. Two years ago, 24.7. So he's, he's right on the exact same pace as the last year. He's a full point behind his 2020 career high season that was just um when they used to just never ever run but so he's still dealing fantasy wise but they're they're having issues right now um he's at six rushing touchdowns in only nine games like that's it's crazy that he's just right back to well we're not going to run him as much but i mean but if you know the thing with josh allen it's like they're not running it with james cook at the goal line so if josh allen scores a rushing touchdown he's just taking that out of his passing touchdowns like the two options for the bills is like either it's a josh allen rushing touchdown or a josh allen passing touchdown at the goal line. yeah exactly same same with jalen hurts but yeah i I think i think it's getting to that point too with the contracts where like as i mentioned it's kind of affecting people's like dynasty values it's like do i want to go and trade for tua no, like I think there's a world where like do. like I'm speaking objectively in that right. like you're looking at it in you want like that nice safe option. Tua outside Miami is not as an appealing of a dynasty asset as Tua re-signing in Miami. So you can just go cheaper and get someone like Goff who has the same risk, who also puts up a steady decent point total and just wash your hands of that to a situation. And it's way easier to live with Jared Goff, not being re-signed than paying three first for Tua, two plus first for Tua, and then being stuck with Tua in New York for the giants. Cause that's definitely not as good a scenario. I think, I think it matters more than it has in the past. So with all that, let's start asking some questions on how we get to where we're at. We kind of covered the general landscape of how quarterbacks are viewed in dynasty member, leave a comment below on the video, leave a comment on the podcast, wherever you can, uh, and let us know what you think in five words or less about the dynasty quarterback landscape. Best answer. Gets a shout out in the next video. This is Dynasty Points. I, of course, am Thomas Tipple. Joining me is always, always is Jacob Sanderson, and back is an OG in Billy the Stone, Billy the Kid, Billy the Genius. Uh, plenty, plenty of names for Billy Boy here. I see the questions. We're going to get to questions as we go. We don't normally handle questions like that, but we see you guys. You asked them. We'll get to them just once we get through this portion of the program. So what I have here are some questions that I have been asked uh, via DM or in the Dynasty chat of the Fantasy Points Discord, which is free right now. Uh, I've got them to open it up. Everyone can join. All you need is the free FantasyPoints.com. Oh, my goodness. Subscription. You can get into that Discord, get into that channel, reach out to me at El Nostra Thomas. We can get you in there. It's free for everyone right now. We're just really trying to build that dynasty community. 
So what I have here are some questions that we got asked. How do we rank them? How do we get there? How do we decide between them or the vets? How do we trade quarterbacks without sending one back if we really need one? All super important questions in Dynasty fantasy football. So I'm going to start off with the most obvious, like the most basic question we have here. QB rankings. How do we decide at the end of the day who goes where? Right? Like, how are you deciding, mm. okay, Lawrence is going to be my QB? Because people really care about this. I know, Jacob, you're like a big, I don't really care about the number. I care about tiers. I'm a tier guy as well. Right. But how do you decide, okay, like for me, Herbert's my QB4. Right now, he's over Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. It took a real conversation of me staring at my screen for an hour talking to myself to get him there. But how do you make those decisions? What goes into it for you as a general landscape? How does it kind of fit in a process for you? I mean, realistically, it's just not it's just not that important of a dis- of a distinction. Like like I don't know, do you want to trade Stroud for Burrow in like a one for one deal? Like, you know, I wrote this piece recently um, on the site last week called Reasons to Trade in Dynasty. And, and that's thinking about know, thinking, by the way. For anyone that yes. doesn't know. Um, so I wrote this piece I'm thinking about thinking. It was called Reasons to Trade in Dynasty and basically laid out kind of four general reasons. And the one that – the first one is preference. I like your player more than my player. And then the other player likes my player more than your player. And it's like, you know, those are the those are the trades you always see tweeted about, you know. Trade T. Higgins for Brandon Ayuk. Trade uh, Javante yeah. Williams for DeAndre Swift. Like you always see people tweet that kind of stuff. It's just – those takes are usually so unactionable because you basically need to have two teams, pretty similar situations mm-hmm. who at one point drafted or traded for their own player who likes someone else's player more. Right. And it's just, that's just usually pretty uncommon. Like it's usually going to be two pretty similarly valued players. And usually for the most part, the best bet is that the player, the person rostering someone probably already likes them more than the market. At some point in time they did, they traded for them or they drafted them. So all that to say, like the amount of times in which you're just trading one similarly valued player for another with like very minimal add on top, it's just quite infrequent. So outside of a startup, like choosing which player that's largely similar goes ahead of another is just not something I'd spend, frankly, a whole lot of time worrying about. Like generally speaking, if I'm trying to trade for Stroud or Burrow or Herbert, it's like I'm not using the other one to get that done. It's I'm you know, I'm probably looking at it like, you know, what would be really great is like a really top quarterback on this team and I'm willing to pay for one. And probably the one that I pay for comes far more down to like what manager has that asset and which manager is willing to move that piece than like yeah. which one I like more, right? Like I would just generally look at it and be like, oh, let's knock on like the Stroud manager and the Burrow manager and the Herbert manager and, you know, and see who's willing to talk ball and get a trade done. And that's probably how it would come down to. So like, why did I rank Stroud higher? I just looked at it and I was like, fundamentally, I don't think these players are any different. I think we've seen what we need to see from Stroud. He's younger. It matters not that much right now, but like fast forward two, three years. If I still have these players on my team, people are going to start looking at some of these other guys and be like, oh, they're 29. And you know, they're maybe going to move them down a little bit. So I'd rather just get ahead of it, move Stroud ahead. But it's not like I care that much, frankly. Sure. And what we can do is we can actually tie that into one of the questions that we have here, 
where you talk about how do we decide like what a player's value is. I think uh, Kayleen O'Connor is asking a pretty solid question on how we navigate that. We also have mm-hmm. Nick Fury himself taking time away uh, from the Avengers to come in and ask, so what are we willing to pay Ooh. for Stroud or Levis? But what Kayleen had asked kind of ties into that. Is there any real difference between Stroud and Herbert in value? I don't think the three-year age gap is worth much of anything. If we can get a plus to move to the other, I assume we should be. Uh, now, I have Herbert higher, obviously, with, uh, what did I just say, he's my QB4 to QB7. Uh, but that's not really a large gap, honestly. And if we're getting the point output from from Stroud, we're getting the same upside as Herbert. I would love to hear this conversation and and, and where you're at with with these two here specifically, because I, I kind of comped them earlier in the program with how their values are lining up. So it'd be real. I'm, I'm interested to hear how we're handling this one. I agree exactly with Kayleen said, if I can get a plus on top of either, I would take the side with the plus. So you're just right, right in a line with, they're the same archetype. They're the same. You're just willing to. Okay. A lot of people like people are going to be surprised by that because Herbert's been this golden boy, Right, twenty-five. Nothing years. against Herbert. Right, like, I, yeah. something against Herbert. I mean, it's just how impressive Stroud has been. Right, Billy. Yeah, I. I mean, it, it's the same thing. You can start looking into more how we feel one team is moving. You know, it's likely that Herbert in the next three or four years doesn't have Keenan and Eckler around. You know, Stroud is still young. He's on that rookie contract. So it's very likely in these next two or three years, they're bringing in a new guy. So there, there's some aspects you can be excited about and try and favor Stroud. But I think that's built into the fact that you're already projecting him forward into this position. Like, I, I think if you're saying Stroud is who he is right now and you're viewing him in the next couple of years with the team building around him, you're already factoring in Stroud's good. Now he's going to be better in the future. So I, like, I, I, I feel like it's good to say, you know, can we get plus on top? I think that's pretty straightforward to say, yeah, sure. If you, if there's one that you just really like more, I also have no problem saying, you know, buy into your own beliefs, pay up. If you have Herbert and you just really like Stroud more, feel free to throw some rando on top, you know, Quentin Johnston or something. Okay. I, fi- I find that I'm, I'm right there with you. Did not realize that Stroud has thrown one interception this year. Like that yep. is, I, I, was, I was trying to make the stack corner around Stroud and it was just so hard to make, find a comparison that wasn't just rookie <laughs> or Dak. Amazing. Yeah. I think, I think Stroud is in that conversation. And I think if you're doing that with Herbert, it's time to start looking down the line. Uh, Kyler, Tua, Richardson, Deshaun. Like, I think it's time okay. to. You'd you'd probably be making that move with all those guys. Then I would assume. Well, the more the more names you start to mention there, like now I'm you know now I'm starting to be willing to add stuff to Stroud from from there, right? Like it's as you go down the list, it's like, you know, okay, Trevor Lawrence. What would I add to go from Trevor Lawrence to CJ Stroud? Not much, right? Like I see him like. A tick below this group. Would I add a? Would I add a third for sure? Would I add a second? Maybe it depends on my team. Really rich team. Uh, seconds, you know, we can we can make it work. For a team where I need to pinch my pennies a little bit, probably not. Probably would just stick with Lawrence. You know, we move down to Tua. It's like I would definitely move a second. Um, would I move a first? No. 
you know, probably same with Kyler. Um, let's move down to, you know, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. It's like, yeah, I'd move a first. You move a first on top of Watson to get to Stroud? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Even your boy Dakota? <laughs> uh, definitely him. Yeah. I mean, you're just getting, you're getting, you're shaving nine years off. Right. right. That was my cheeky Scott Barrettism uh, yeah. with your love for Dakota. I do um, love Dakota. And I, always, and I call him Dakota uh, when he's playing well. When he's playing poorly, I call him Dak. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it should be the other way around. Uh, no, I find Dakota endearing. It's not like the Jimmy James thing. It's the exact opposite. Like when, when, when Jimmy Garoppolo is playing well, I call him Jimmy G. When he's playing badly, I call him James to make fun of him. But that's because James is a lame-ass name, while Jimmy's kind of cool. Dak is fine, but Dakota's dope. Uh, right. okay. I, 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 that's good. That's good. I'm glad, we got that. I'm glad we got that breakdown on air. Um, I, I'm currently Dak laid, by the way. Like, I can't see your reaction. Everything that you guys do when I'm talking is like 30 seconds behind. So I'm going to just quickly exit and come back so that I'm not really confused. Okay. We'll do that. He's going to exit and come back. So he's not really confused. As you said, well, in that time, Billy, you and I, we're going to, we're going to sit down. We're going to answer some of these. Um, Let's have a look. Oh, Jacob came back really fast. That was really fast. Okay. So let's have delay is still happening, but I'll just make it work. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, You can hear us. Like everything. Yeah. Audio. Oh, I can hear you perfectly. It's basically just like we're recording on audio. I just like, all I can see is whatever face you were making 30 seconds ago. Fair enough. (laughs) Just hold that one. Uh, Let's answer the second half of this Nick Fury one. What are we willing to pay for Levis? Because Levis is someone you and I disagree with like a little bit. I've seen some trades that you talked about. I traded Deontay Johnson like straight up for him. Uh, I was pretty comfortable with, I was pretty comfortable with that. Um, I mean, then Deontay Johnson went on to score 22 points, and I looked like an absolute buffoon. But the league, you look like a buffoon on that one. Hey, the the league, the league got at me a little bit. But I mean, that's that's the life of trading, right? Because well, it's a priors thing, right? If somebody didn't like Levis for Will Levis, and they see, I mean, I will not have my Deontay Johnson credentials uh, challenged, but I would happily move him for Will Levis. Right, but I mean, if somebody has a prior about a quarterback, they're going to trade him. Like, oh, what do you? Yeah. Uh, so no. let let's shed the um um narrative that way. What would what are you trading Will Levis, or what are you trading for? Oh my God, what are you willing? What to am do I trading for Will Levis? Oh my God, for him like five times. I'll just name off my trades. Do it. Uh, so and I, for the record, like. These are the five I've gotten done. So, you know, I sh- wherever those are, there was like probably 25 to 30 offers that were rejected. Oof. And then a few that were coming back in that I said no to. Um, so I got, uh, what was it? Three done, I want to say, prior to the Thursday night game. So the first one that I got done was in the uh, Full Tilt uh, Patron Psycho League. Um, and that was uh, two seconds, uh, 24 second. Um, I think I'm six and three in that league. So probably a late 24 second, a 25 second and Demario Douglas. Uh, my next Levis transaction was, um, a late, like a current buy teams 24 one, just straight up. Um, and then my other Levis buy 
maybe those were the only two prior. Anyway, I then I during the game, um, we moved a oh, there was one other one that was part of like a massive deal. It was uh, we gave up Cooper Cup and Marquise Brown and Tony Pollard and Matthew Stafford and Leonard Fournette, and we got Will Levis, Stefan Diggs, Ken Walker, and a 25 second. And I have no idea how I was able to remember all nine pieces of that. I, I don't even remember me. You just said it. <laughs> um, anyway. And then the other two was one, it was uh, another buy teams first or projected buy teams first and David and Joku for Will Levis. Okay. And then the most expensive one, like all of those ones were like teams where Levis was useful. Two of them, I was actually a tank team where I was just like, firing off one of my three or four firsts for, for Levis, essentially making my draft pick early. Uh, another one was just like a team where I had one top quarterback. I have Lawrence and the rest is just kind of mid. I had like Gino and Jordan Love. Um, another uh, And then this one was probably the, the most interesting. It was also the one that I paid the most. It was the only time where I paid probably what I would say is above maybe what I have them ranked at. But it was a spot where – I have Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Aiden O'Connell were my only quarterbacks. Tom's in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm 13 and three. Well, now I'm 13 and five, but I was 13 and three at the time of the trade. Uh, league median. So, yes. So I'm clearly not going to have, and I only have my own first. So I, I clearly am not going to have a top six pick. Um, and so my chances of having a starting quarterback in 2024, along with Lamar Jackson, were basically either Aiden O'Connell somehow is the Raiders 2024 starting quarterback, which seemed not the most likely scenario. Um, or we manufacture some sort of trade in the off season, basically. Right. So I figured why not get ahead of it um, and solve that problem uh, while also getting a QB two that isn't Aiden O'Connell for the rest of this year. So we traded our 24 first, which like I said, projected late uh, plus Josh Downs and Aiden O'Connell. And I know mm. people are very excited about Josh Downs. So that was probably the scary piece uh, it is a 0.75 PPR league, which I don't know, maybe hurts down a little bit, but, um, yeah, that was, that was the big ticket item, uh, purchase that got some people, um, upset. I didn't see anybody too upset at my other transactions, but if the answer is, what would I trade for Levis? It's like, I'd love to trade a late one for Levis. I'm willing to li- add a little something like the Njoku or the Demario Douglas. I would not do that down zeal universally. Um, this was more of a case of like, I felt like I was probably going to have to overpay for quarterback at some point in trade because right. I was just not going to have a second one going into the off season. Um, and, or, I, and I would probably also need a rental for the rest of this season. And I was like, instead of paying a rental now and then buying quarterback in the off season, like let's just try and kill two birds with one stone and take a shot at a guy where I actually see some upside to potentially win that deal later, even if we're kind of losing it on value today. Right. That's being willing to take a little bit of a total value hit now for the good of your team. I think that's one thing in dynasty trading that is not accepted. It's I got to win every deal right now. I can't risk potentially losing value. Um, Nick Fury says that's fair situation dependent. And I mean, that's every trade really like we have people right now. They're asking for trades and chances are, it's just like, what does your micro market tell you? Like, I'm going to give you my opinion in a vacuum, but really at the end of the day, your micro market is determining right. what you would and wouldn't feel comfortable trading. So, yeah. And it's one of those spots where like, I kind of felt like I wanted to live in the, in that middle tier. Cause it was like, you know, frankly, like I don't, I didn't have, I wasn't, I don't have a million picks. Like I have basically just all my own picks. So I don't really have enough picks to go out and buy like another top 10 quarterback. I'm trying to compete. 
So I don't really want to like blow up my lineup to go get that top 10 quarterback. Like I don't mm-hmm. really have enough players to spare where I'm going to trade two or three starters for that top 10 quarterback. Um, so like, what are we going to do? Right. It's either we're going to try and live in that middle tier and take a bet, or we're going to go with a rental. Um, and you know, I, I, in my opinion, like the rental is almost like a known loss in the long term, right? Like whatever you trade for Derek Carr now, he's going to be worth less in the off season. Like yeah. you're just, yeah. you're, yeah. you're not like, it's you're you're just like basically just signing up to take a small loss to get by in the meantime. You know, obviously way more risk on the Levis trade, but like you know, you can you can overpay for Levis today and come to love that trade in two years. Like that's entirely possible. It's also possible you hate it, but um there's like some upside in trading for that Levis, Howell, Bryce Young, etc. group right now. And that's how you get ahead in Dynasty. Like realistically, it's taking your shots and you know, um, not being afraid to lose. Like that's the most, the look, there's nobody that embodies that more than league of record and walkabout co-host Tom Lee. Uh, you'll hear us talk about him quite often. He's the most savage for YOLO bombing trades where he like, he does mm-hmm. not care if he comes out at a loss. Cause he knows if this hits, he's ahead of the game and he quite often is, uh, it's just something interesting to note. That's it's like he wakes up in the morning, decides to cause chaos. He does. He does all the time. And those are the types of managers that seem to always have. You're like, how did this guy acquire this guy and that to deal hmm. later? That's usually how. Let's answer these questions. Then we'll do stack corner. Uh, and then we'll kind of teeter off the QB conversation and get into player picks and get out of here. Um, because I, I would like to know how you... Um, trade quarterbacks without getting one back. I, th- I find that was a good little intro to it, but mm. we have some questions here that have been chilling. Uh, Daniel Fisher is asking rebuilding and stocked up with picks. I have seven picks next year, six firsts. I traded four seconds for George Pickens and Kendra Miller today. Thoughts. Um, I think that's expensive. I think that's very expensive. Um, not the biggest fan of it as I'm not a Pickens guy. Um, but I don't think it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't love it. Just, I don't really know what the, I guess I would just, I'd just be shooting higher, I guess if I'm trying right. to bundle up my picks, but um, it's fine. Yeah. yeah I feel like fine. just like individually picking out seconds, you could probably do more. Right. Like I, I think it's fine. I don't, hate it hated i know i'm kind of the george pickens enthusiast among us but fourth highest viewed video yeah yeah but <laughs> um yeah i i don't really i don't know i feel like if you could take like two seconds and go get like george pickens yeah. then two seconds kendra... would get you a lot more than kendra miller i'm wondering what the where the kendra miller value comes from like if this is a one i kind of read it as three twos for pickens and one two for miller which i mean yeah. miller's not it's just he's been cursed here he sprained his ankle again on sunday so i don't know when we we'll ever see him again guy can't stay healthy but um if this is like a one qb scenario and those seconds are like later in a one qb then i think the Pickens situation is fine i think he can be a producer at that point uh, the Kendrick Miller one is is the uh, is the value that I'm scratching my head at. Um, Bindles, what's up, man? Happy to have GMGM. you here. Love it here. We love that. We have another one from Sober Money. 
Hey, there you go. Uh, like Laporta in a second. Give me Brees Hall there. I'll take Brees Hall easily, and and that I wouldn't think twice about it. That kind of changes your mind if it's a tight end premium type situation. If it's a yeah. full one point premium, maybe. Maybe I, I I still probably take Brees just because I mean he's still in the ACL year. Like yeah, it's sick as hell. Damn, he's yeah. good. He looks so yeah, good. If it's yeah. like it would need to be a full tight end premium or like a two tight end league, maybe, but like if it's just your if it's just your regular half point tight end premium league, I'll take call. We have Depeche. What up, Depeche? Uh in a 14 team league rebuilding team, I have an offer for Deontay Johnson. Uh that'd be his Deontay Johnson for Jaden Reed oh, and Zach Charbonnet. What do y'all think? I currently have the 101, the 103, and the 108 in next year's draft Jaden reed strikes me as like a forever roster clogger but maybe i'm missing something there i just feel like he's the kind of guy that you like put into a trade to make it a little bit more valuable because someone wouldn't want to do deontay for charbonnet straight but then yeah. you like never actually start Jaden reed and no one ever cares that you have Jaden reed um so mm-hmm. i would i would i would like counter with like charbonnet in a second or something like that. yeah Agreed. i i just i don't see a situation where Jaden reed is like starting on your roster unless you're in a complete just horrible team so i think he's i think he's a permanent wide receiver depth i think that's yeah. where i'm at with Jaden. Yeah. he looks like the best receiver on the packers which isn't he's, saying a lot because watson has looked terrible and dobbs has been shaky at best so he's yeah. like a fine player but you just need a lot to go right like we don't really know how good he is the situation sucks so like we need him to to show a lot of growth and we need the situation to improve like I, it's just Right, I agree. I would also counter for that second. Uh, as we're talking about second round picks, I, I really feel like people don't know the value of second round picks. So I just want, we went back to 2017 to 2021 and we went and looked at who was drafted in the, those second round. Right. So let's let 201 is probably the most cursed of these picks, but 201 <laughs> was Evan in, from 2007 to 2021. I'm just going to list them off in order. Evan Ingram. You're liking that right now. Sam Arnold, Mikko Harmon, Keyshawn Vaughn, Rashad Bateman. <laughs> Garbage. 202. This is Superflex. Patrick Mahomes, Carrion Johnson, Hollywood Brown, Henry Ruggs, Trey Sermon. Mahomes. A couple not bad. Let's, let's do a 203. Mahomes, Mahomes covers that entire list, right? right. Would, you trade, would you trade five seconds for Mahomes? I think so. <laughs> kind of silly, right? Kareem Hunt, Christian Kirk, Darrell Henderson, T. Higgins, Rondell Moore. That's pretty good. You get yeah, 100%. Juju Smith-Schuster, say what you want about him now, but you could trade oh, that guy for two, three firsts at one point. Former Dynasty 101. Exactly. Yep. Juju Smith-Schuster, Cortland Sutton, Hakeem Butler, Denzel Mims, and Elijah Moore. Okay, that's not terrible. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, Michael Pittman, Terrace Marshall. I'm not going to read all of them all. Yeah, I, really, I really miss the era of Dynasty when, like, people would just let like a top 10 drafted athletic quarterback go to the right. I know. Second. But like, here, here's some more. Brandon Ayuk was 206. Pat Firemuth, 207. Michael Gallup yeah. was viable for a couple of years, 207. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, 209. Dallas Goddard, right. 11. Godwin, 212. Sam Porta this year. One. Second round picks, uh, a Chan. Second round picks. Josh Downs for C. Rice. Exactly. Crazy. Val- yes, you have Trey Sermons and TDP and a couple of awful picks, 
But first round's not looking so hot all the time either. John Ross, Paris Campbell, Royce Freeman, Jalen Rieger, uh, Jerry Judy, Nicole Hardman. Uh, or sorry, Michael Armour was 201, but you get my point. Like it, it's right. not all bliss in first round either. Second round picks, crazy valuable in Dynasty. If that list didn't tune you into that, um, go back and have a look and really see where your league mates yeah. drafted certain guys. I mean, and that's part of the thing. Like you, you don't really want to necessarily bundle up your second round picks in these deals because part of the appeal of the second round picks is like you're you're really just taking a scattershot approach, you yeah. know, and it's where it's like. You know, I, I know that a lot of my second round picks like are going to turn out to be useless, but it's like, ideally I have like net positive in terms of like more second round picks total than the amount of leagues I'm in across however many leagues. And then we're just going to take a bunch of darts and see what happens. And like, hopefully I'm a little above the market on the best picks and, you know, a little below on the worst, but like really it is just kind of a situation of like, if you came out of a second round where it's like you took you know, you took Kendra Miller, you took um, Tank Bigsby, you took uh, Josh Downs, all right, and you took Sam Laporta. It's like two of your four picks are, are useless, but like you're you're coming out ahead, you know? Like it's so it's just, um, and I, I have a ton of second rounds where it's like that, where it's like you look and it's like, oh, I took this second round or he's worth nothing. I took this second round, he's worth nothing. Oh, my third second round pick is great, you know, and, yeah. and that's and that's fine. You're just, you're just, and the thirds, like you're just, just you're just through and hopefully you hit on one big target. I think one of the easiest things the dynasty advice givers give out is that, Oh, these second and third round picks don't matter. They matter so fucking much uh, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. If it hits, but that's really your only chance at truly rebuilding is getting those options. Depeche is Puka, a great third round. Yeah, Puka, Tim Dell. Chris Sanzo says this whole segment was just an excuse to bring up Trey Sermon. It was. Get baited. Uh, I'm glad you had to, to listen to that. Bindle says traded uh, traded Kirko to Jacob for Danny Dines, and he proceeded to immediately tear his ACL. Hashtag poetic justice. Um, brutal. My only Chris says his only Levis trade so far is I traded Levis away for a pick that projects currently 107-109 range, and he has Law and Murray, so he has some... Um, some safety. I like that. That's that's very nice. We have one last question from Biddles, and we're going to do Billy Stack Corner. Have a team with Lamar, Hurts, Bijan, Andrews, and Devontae Adams. That is two and How six. How is your team two and six? Well, I have no idea. Don't I guess well, Bijan and Devontae only score theoretical points. And Lamar has had some real yeah. uh, stinkers. Yeah. Don't have my 24-1. Do I soft pivot Adams and anyone else old, quote-unquote, to save some value for next year, or since the team is high value, who cares? I would definitely be moving off Adams. I'm curious yeah, why Bindles Adam. is in a league. I'm curious why Bindles is in a league in which they only have an eight-game record in nine weeks. Yeah, where's the where's the medium, buddy? That's Bye. funny. No, I'm saying where's the other other week? Yeah, does he have? Oh, do they yeah. have five weeks? Is this like a thirteen yeah, team league? <laughs> Actually, yeah, Bindles. Let's get down to that, buddy. Let's uh and then yeah the math here. Uh, so, uh tank big he's a bum. He is a bum. Terrible. Look, we're gonna take a quick second, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna get a little refresh, give you guys a break from our voice. We're an hour in. Uh we're gonna hit Billy's stack corner. I'll explain how this is gonna go. And hopefully Jacob and I can uh can come out with a W on this one. I know Billy's got an MVS laying somewhere in there, so uh, we're gonna we find out. <laughs> Sit tight, five seconds. I wasn't fast enough. 
He was trying to yes, get a- MVS. MVS. My first guess is MVS. <laughs> All right. So if you haven't heard Billy's stat corner, it's probably been like a good year since we've done one. This is how it's going to go. Billy's going to ask Jacob and I a data-related question. If you need data, go to data.fantasypoints.com. Sign up. Get yourself uh, the data suite. It's only $50 this year. Jumps to $200 next year. You're going to get into that as early as you can. We'll also have some of those to give away, so you're going to want to be sitting tight. Okay, so this is what's going to happen. Billy's going to ask us a data-related question. Jacob and I are going to have three strikes to guess the answers. If we lose, we lose. If Billy wins, he gets bragging rights. Yeah, probably for a while now. Like We used to just get to do this every week, but this is really going to stick around for a while. Right. And I held the bragging rights for a while back then, too. Oof, oof! I, I, we were on a roll there for a while. We got we got on yeah. like one little hot stretch. You were you were right. killing us, and then we started to make a comeback, and then you abandoned the show. We tagged in the pod. You're so afraid that we would ever even it up. You you were just like, oh, they might get back yeah. to 500 one day. I'm simply scared of that streak. Can't <laughs> <We had the laughs> right. let them catch up. Matt Don't Kelly call it a comeback. Cheated when we said not to cheat, he went and looked the answer up or something. It's just yeah, yeah, I remember that. completely hilarious. Let's um. All right, Billy, let's go. Hit us with maybe the only Billy Snack Corner of 2023. Let's get it. Let's do it. All right. Look, it was a special one. I wanted to get MVS in here. I couldn't. So maybe we're doing running backs because MVS doesn't have stats to report. Um, <laughs> so starting it off with one of the bigger storylines of the year, Jameer Gibbs has been on a tear yeah. as of late. But one of the places he has consistently fallen short is red zone touchdowns. In fact, despite having 10 carries inside the 20, six carries inside the 10, and one carry inside the five, he has exactly zero touchdowns from snaps inside the 20. Only three players have more red zone touches, red zone rush attempts, without red zone touchdowns. Who are those players? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that is a strong question, Billy. This is a good one. It doesn't have okay. red zone carries. Without- okay, Tom, you start thinking AFC and I'll start thinking <laughs> NFC. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. No, okay. this is a fun one. I really like this because, Without- you know, if they get a 50-yard touchdown, it counts. But- <laughs> or it right. doesn't count. I think... I think Bijan's. Oh, sorry. I'm an AFC. Never mind. Okay. Bijan has Bijan has a red zone touchdown because it's the one that he caught one handed and then he right, like right. Him. That was a catch, right? This has to be a rush. It, oh no, oh, was that was, that is, was it, is it a rush or is it a touch? It is rush attempts and rushing touchdowns. Okay. Oh, so it's only it's so it's okay. So then Bijan probably is a decent guess. Although I don't know if he actually has that many. He only has two rush attempts inside the ten. I don't know about inside the twenty. Um. Okay. Uh. But I believe that all of his red zone touchdowns, I, I think almost all of his touchdowns. Brees Hall scored from outside of that. Oh, that's like a good Okay, so yeah, Brees Hall has, let's see, he didn't score a touchdown for a while. His first touchdown of the year, I think, was the Denver game. And it was like from forever away. No, he scored one against the Eagles, the one that they let him score. Right. I was like yeah. five yards away. Okay, okay. glad I was, hoping, I was hoping Brees Hall would be Not a Patriot. Zeke has vultured. So we can eliminate the Patriots. We can eliminate the Jets. The Bills. James Cook doesn't get any touches inside of there. Latavius Murray doesn't get enough. It's all Josh Allen. We can skip that. So they're out. Miami, 
everyone on their fucking team scores from inside the red zone. So we can yeah, mix the AFC East all together. AFC North, Justice scored. Justice has scored. Justice has scored. Lamar has scored. We can eliminate the Ravens. Steelers, Najee has had definitely has. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, I'm seeing the passion in the chat. I think Damian Pierce. You think he's had that many? Oh, he's had a million. Like he okay. he he's had so many goal line opportunities. I, I don't know if he has converted one. Um, like it's like very that. possibly he's converted one. We have three strikes, so we can start off early with Damian. He hasn't converted Pierce. many. Are we taking that count? Are we are you gonna go no, down? Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's go I was just asking. There was no like hard. All right, Damian Pierce has exactly one rushing touchdown from oh. an inside rush. Oh, I man. I, Come on, I thought Damian – when I was coming up with this one, I was like, oh, Damian Pierce has got to be – Damian Pierce has been so bad. Unfortunately. Yeah, I guess he got one in. Um, okay, here's one that I – can you think of Alvin Kamara scoring? Yep. Inside the yeah, red absolutely zone? you did. Yeah, when? he did. Uh, he scored a rushing touchdown two weeks ago inside is like a, a pretty long down? one yeah well yeah. a long one though that he, he scored inside, inside the 20 in, inside the 20 for sure okay yeah is against um, indy actually i'm pretty sure that was not a 20 yard run he had a receiving touchdown and i know he had a second touchdown in that game but okay maybe it was a rushing touchdown inside the 20 yeah um, I, was selling. I just traded for him um um strike so it's just to reiterate for anyone that might just be tuning in, don't cheat. But if you have a suggestion, um, this is the honor system. What about I- what about Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders would be good too, but I don't know. You said a minimum of how many touches? Ten. Ten rush attempts inside. Just in, just inside the 20. Okay, I could go Miles Sanders. He's been absolute dog water. Okay, let's do Miles Sanders. Scored. Oh, no, wait. I definitely have one. I have one that's 100%. Okay, um, Alexander Madison. There's no way he's not on this. I feel okay, like great you. about I'll this one. You're you're convinced. Well, you put good faith in Jacob. Alexander okay. Madison absolutely demolishes this metric, like far and away <laughs> above anyone else on this. He's list. so terrible. <laughs> like impressively okay, touches. James Cook got like 25 touches and zero touchdowns. James Cook James, might be a good one. Does we James get ten? Oh, we actually – has James Cook scored a red zone touchdown or no? I thought he scored one. James Maybe Cook not. One rushing – two rushing touchdowns? I'm pretty sure it was from further away. From further than the um, 20? I don't know about this one. Maybe. Um, let's okay, see. We need only 10. We only need 10, right? So We need two more guys, right? Yeah, and we have two strikes. Two more left. guys? There's yeah. going to be a weird one, too. I know, I know it. There's, there's a fullback in here somewhere. I don't mind the Bijan call because I think Bijan is not. I think Bijan has only scored, like, receiving touchdowns inside the 20. So I don't mind this one. But I don't know if he's gotten 10. He's only gotten two inside the 10, so you would need eight inside the 11th of the 20, which is possible. Right. Mm, that is that is pretty tough. I kind of like your Miles Sanders call. Like, I kind of like okay. him. He's been really bad. Sure. And I don't think he scored it. I don't think that he scored a red zone touchdown. Maybe he has, but let's try it. Either we're going to go Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders did not make the cut. You are correct. He does not have the scoring, but uh, he only has six 
rush attempts inside the red oh, zone. Oh man, which Jesus. is baffling. So Chuba bad. is not, smoking. Not Ramondre. He scored a. It's Ramondre has scored a few goal line touchdowns this year. He has, yeah. Um, minimum one against two. the Dolphins, and I think one against the Raiders. Mm, this is Andre has two. Okay. This is gonna be. Man, it's tough. Um, what about? No, Rashad White definitely has. Yeah, Rashad White had two this week. <laughs> definitely. That that I, I, was so, um, so we're at two strikes, hey? For sure. Um. Yeah, Barkley. For, I, I think. I can't think of it like off the top of my head, but damn, we get we got two strikes on us now. One more, and we're out. We got to really mm. hammer this down. What about goal? Has Pacheco scored a goal line touchdown? No, Pollard scored two goal line touchdowns in week one. None since, but he scored two in week one. <laughs> yeah, I said say quads. Nick Fury is saying Pollard. Um, what about like? Geez, it's gonna be something kind of ridiculous. I really thought Sanders is it. Like he's been abs. I'm trying to think of who's just been terrible. Oh, what about um? He probably would maybe he might not have ten touches. Yeah, but what about Jonathan Taylor? Ooh, Taylor might be good. He has scored. I'm pretty sure this was his first touchdown this week, and it was receiving. I think he has ten carries inside the twenty. I don't know. Might not. He was out for so long. Yeah, he might not. Khalil Herbert, I think, has a has a short touchdown. Um, in the I, game what about Jarek McKinnon? He gets a lot of no. Lot he doesn't get handoffs inside the twenty. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure he has twenty carries total in the year. What about Jerome Ford? Jerome Ford only scores. He doesn't. He doesn't ever get red zone touches. Damn, that's a tricky part of the question. You sneaky. But he might have ten. I mean, ten's not that many. Ten, like it's possible Jerome Ford because it's not just goal line. It's red zone. Like Jerome Ford might have ten carries. I'd say DeAndre funny. Swift, but I know they gave him a pity no, he one. Scored. He scored. Time. A few. He scored a few. Just yeah. to give y'all like uh, Dylan has also scored a goal line touchdown right. for sure because he scored a touchdown and he's was physically that, capable that, of running 20 yards, so it must have been right. a goal line touchdown. We get a phone a friend, so yeah. I've heard the, uh, I'm not making that up. That's oh, happening. yeah, we get a hint, right? Don't at me. We get a phone a friend, so let's. Oh, Depeche said he had a toss sweet touchdown last week. Um, give us the division. <laughs> oh, god, you can, you can make up any hint you want. That's too come yeah, on, that's, that feels pretty <laughs> restricted. I yeah, you can you do this. any hint you want. Uh, I'll give you two. So first off, 45 total running backs made the metric of 10. Or not not just running backs. That also includes like Lamar and Hertz and Taysom Hill. So oh, right. Okay. Smoking this. But um, all these players are running backs. Also, okay. all of them were drafted after 2019. So 2019 and moving forward. Um, okay, so that that doesn't help. Uh, I this is what I I said this before. Okay, we went on the so you show. can rule out Derrick Henry, and and that's it. <laughs> love if someone and all the quarterbacks that we me... weren't considering. I kind of like this one. Uh, no, he scored one against the Chiefs. And Javante, okay. I would love if someone was able to give me like a like a a when we reveal these, a hint for one of these characters because or these players, because I really tried hard to come up with something okay. useful. Okay, so where so so we need two more names and what about Chuba? We have no strikes left. Uh Chuba maybe, although we already went down this Carolina rabbit hole. Antonio um, I don't know if I want to take two Antonio Gibson does not get the ball. 
I'm just listing off running backs at this point. Yeah. Um, no, I'm fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all I'm doing is shouting down other ideas. I'm, I'm not, I haven't come up with one of my own in a while. Um, <laughs> Kelly, not bad. He does like, suck. That's like, oh, because wait, yeah, that's a great guess because he had the role for a while with Eckler. Right. He never scored a touchdown when Eckler was there. He scored a long touchdown against the Chiefs when Eckler yeah. came back. Did he? Did he score in the Miami first game of the season? That's the only one I'm I don't worried think about. He did I don't think he did. I like this better than anything else, and I can't think of anything else. So either either we're right or we're ending the we game. Right or with Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly, the pride of UCLA. I think. We're gonna go Josh Kelly. College? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was Joshua Kelly is a very rough hill to die on. He did, in fact, have a red zone touchdown against Miami. (laughs) Yeah, week one. It was week one. Week one. Uh, Week one, he had it. So uh, this is going to be really unfortunate. So Tom did pull one of the players. It's Gibson. Jacob immediately shut it down. Uh, No way, it's Gibson. Is it Gibson? Incorrectly, it's not Gibson. It is, in fact, Javonta Williams. His KC one was a receiving touchdown, and he oh, has no rushing right. touchdowns on the year. Oh. Hey, shout out. It wasn't me. I'm not even going to say that yeah, was, it was me. Suspense. Oh, it's suspense. Suspense, suspense got that one. Shout out to Suspense. I didn't know that suspense, they attempted a forward pass in the Kansas City game. No. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> it, it was also slightly said in the chat, y'all just went the wrong way. Uh, credit to Depeche, who shout out the Texans. It's not Damian Pierce. It's it Devil Singletary. Actually, uh, he got he has ten. Logged fourteen red zone rush has, attempts. Wow, I never would have guessed that. He has That's five nuts. more than Bijan red zone attempts. He has four more than Bijan. Five more than Bijan. Oh my god! Devil Singletary having fourteen. I never would have guessed that in a million years. There's no way. Like if if Tom, if Tom suggested Devin Singletary, I'd have been like, "There's no fucking chance he has ten red zone touches." <laughs> hey, we answered the question in the fantasy points Discord earlier. Where do we have Damian Pierce ranked? Here's I have him ranked at RB twenty nine. Okay, now that I know Devin Singletary has four that's what i was going to say like now that i know what singletary's inside the 20 is he might drop to 45 uh this is this is crazy pendle says i took javante oh. over cd and they gave davis stand startup rough well i i do want to just jump on this real quick to once again shout out alexander madison we were mid-game so i couldn't list off these stats alexander madison statistics going through the 20s to 10 Inside the 20, he has 16 carries for 10 yards. Inside the 10, he has nine carries for negative four yards. And inside the five, he has seven carries for negative six yards. Okay, so let me just, I was doing the math. He has, it was 16 for 10, right? You said 16 for 10. Then you said it was, what, nine for negative four? Yep. And then you said it was, what, six for negative five? Seven for negative six. Seven for negative six. Oh my god, that's incredible! So he has a total of thirty-two carries for zero yards inside the twenty. Well, keep in mind the twenty includes the ten and the five. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's but insane. I thought Still. I thought you had segmented them so out. That would have been way cooler if he had thirty-two carries for zero yards. Yeah, I, d- I don't have those stats. Also, Saquon has three carries for exactly zero yards in the five. 
So, uh, given given the time that Billy said he had to get out of here, we're once again going to have to push this fucking question back. Uh, we will do what's it. The, what's the question? What's the question? I'll, I I'm known for giving very quick answers. We're Billy Lockin. You're going to be here for another ten minutes. Okay, we're going to get to it. Uh, Kenny we'll Stay Hill. Uh, we don't do uh, we don't do start and sit on this program. But thank you for asking. Uh, Discord members question. This is from Fantasy Clown. What do you use your bench spots for? A players to trade away. B balance. So many start and uh, sit decisions will exist. C player handcuffs. You put in brackets insurance. D players other teams might start. So I guess you're playing defense against others. And then E upside rolls. How do you handle your bench? Um, I mean, you want you want a few players that are there for bye weeks and injuries that like are projectable, right? So yeah. like you're so like I don't know. You want like a Jalen Warren, for instance. It's like okay, um, he has like a projectable role. And I can throw him in my lineup anytime I need to. Um, ideally, in my like, I made the finals universe. He's not starting for me, but he's like a startable piece, right? You want a couple pieces like that. You know, Michael Thomas, great example this year of like a guy that's been like not really great, but basically every week until this last week, if you had to start him in a pinch, you're, you're it's not the end of the world. Yeah, um, Josh Palmer. Yeah. So you want like a couple guys like that, and then and then from there, I think you know, the best use of your bench spot, if you could, would just be to have like all young upside prospects. Um, you probably can't have that many of them because you also need to line up and you also want to have picks and, you know, we can't all have what we want. So you probably don't have 12 elite prospects and all your picks and a great starting lineup. So you want as many of those as you can. And then from there, I view it mostly as like just taking stabs at people who are most likely to hit your lineup. So that's why I usually fill out my bench with, a bunch of backup running backs once I'm basically past the point of players that either have value to me now or might have value to someone or me in the future where it's just, okay, like, you know, Deontay Foreman, all, a couple injuries in front of him, all of a sudden he's in my lineup. Gus Edwards got injured in front of him, all of a sudden he becomes that, you know, like that Jalen Warren type piece that they can filter at your lineup. That's mostly it. Um, but yeah, it's basically guys that, um, players that are like a part of my bi-week rotation, players that, um, I hope to accrue in value and players that are one or two things removed from hitting my lineup. I'll say backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at waiver wire and you're like, do I want wide receiver 672,000? Like, do I want LaVisca Chenault right. or do I want Jacoby Brissett? I want Jacoby Brissett because in the off chance that Brissett ends up starting, you not only have a, a, what you would assume is a semi-viable Josh Dobbs situation where you can come in and play, or you can move him for a third and a four where you couldn't have moved him for anything. And Chenault's never going to be worth anything on your roster. I picked up Josh Dobbs everywhere I could on the off chance he could start. And that's worked out very well, been able to move him for seconds. And in our league of record without him, I would be absolutely smoked. So it's cheaper than going and buying a rental quarterback. Uh, to just pick them up off of waivers and sit them on your bench and hope that's what I would be doing. Guys like uh, Tyler Huntley, Josh Johnson, Carson Wentz is still on dynasty rosters right now. And thank God he got yeah, signed. Yeah. So backup yeah. and potential starting quarterbacks is uh, like one of the fastest ways to turn your roster over. 
Yeah, I'm always eyeballing guys who I think could get me like seven to 10 points any given week. And if I don't think they're doing that, they're either upside guys, like Jacob said, guys who I think might have one to two things go right. They can work themselves into a serious role with their team. Or it's just assets who are players who, if one thing goes right, I can trade them for one and a half what they are. So that's a lot of guys like, I mean, now it's a bad case because it feels like he's just there forever. But AJ Dillon was that guy for years where, you know, you could sit at AJ Dillon, you could play him any given week and he could get you seven to 10 Mm -hmm. points. Maybe he gets a touchdown and you get 15, but there was always that thing with Aaron Jones, where if Aaron Jones goes away, AJ Dillon is extremely valuable. Now, but that and sad, I don't know. Kyron Williams was a great example of that. We didn't yeah. know happen with Cam Akers if you stash Kyron Williams on your bench. Also, I was just, as we just sit here and just say, I feel so fucking bad for Cam Akers that he blew his oh other Achilles. Uh, yeah. I feel so bad for him. He was actually kind of look. He was confident pointing at guys after he blocked them and shit. And then his other Achilles went. So just a, a really really sad uh, situation. Yeah, I, I wrote up on um, Cam Akers. Yeah, I wrote a little tribute to Akers in my Sunday drive this week that I can read out uh, while we're on that topic. I said, um, um, "Do you need your music? Do you need your sad?" No, I don't want the sad music. I don't want to make it all dramatic. Um, look. You know, the Cam Akers journey in, like, my podcasting and writing career has been varied. We basically went from, like, being very big touts of Cam Akers very early in his career to being a little bearish on him um, on his return and then ultimately, you know, fairly critical of what he's been doing the last couple of years and trying to give fantasy advice. But I did want to bring up some, you know, kind of the four fulsome Cam Akers story. Um Cam Akers was truly one of the most talented high school football players ever. Uh, we saw that he was the emergency quarterback, was one Josh Dobbs injury away from playing quarterback uh, this week. And that's because he played four years of high school football at Clifton High, and he had 8,140 passing yards, 5,103 rushing yards, and 149 total touchdowns. Jesus Christ. As a dual-threat quarterback – was eventually recruited to Florida State, was the top prospect in Mississippi, was the highest-rated top prospect for Mississippi of any position in over 15 years, and was the consensus number one running back recruit going into college in a class that included Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, and J.K. Dobbins. Oh, my God. Cam Akers was 11 years old. His mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, and he watched her beat it. And his father referred to the experience as seeing that if his mom could go through that type of something – there is nothing that can stop him or anyone in that family from getting what they want. And surely, going into his senior season, Akers declared his desire to be the greatest player to have ever come through Mississippi. But more than that, Akers said he wanted to be remembered as a leader figure on and off the field and someone who always does the right thing. Clearly, his body did not cooperate in the NFL on multiple occasions. But for a man who discussed and prided himself on his resilience, it is hard to say that his fortitude in returning from a torn Achilles to play in the NFL playoffs and win a Super Bowl it's one of the most impressive feats in modern NFL history and one that we all rooted for him immensely. So yeah. Cam is a Super Bowl champion, a Mississippi legend. Um, we'll see what happens in the rest of his football career. But um, he'll have plenty of opportunities, I think, um, to continue to leave the legacy of leadership that he desired. And certainly everyone in the fantasy community continues to root for him. Yeah. Damn, I'm, I'm ready to run through a wall right now. That was 
that's fucking intense. Uh, he's he's got that dog. Wish yeah. him a speedy recovery. Um, and man, everything you just said was pretty, pretty, pretty intense. I feel weird like just rolling on and going into player picks, but we have to. The show must roll on. But you're that was a beautiful write up, Jacob. So for our player picks, if you are just tuning in, you've stuck around this long, we appreciate and love you. What we have, we are a dynasty show, but we like to have this little game. It keeps us kind of accountable on our toes, and it gives us something to kind of go back and forth about, uh, seeing as how I've been in the fucking lead the whole time because I'm the shit. Uh, Jacob, you are in last. Um, you are sitting at 382.9. So if you would please, who do you have? this week this is quarterbacks and running backs outside of the top 15 receivers outside of the top 24 and tight ends outside of the top 10 yeah don't play these guys i suck at this game but um i have will levis uh because he's dope uh i have jameer gibbs because with david montgomery coming back even in a high scoring or at least projected high scoring game versus the chargers uh the fantasy community as large has dropped them all the way to rb19 which is offensive um preposterous and rude. Uh, Jahan Dotson uh, has been finally doing what I was hoping that he was going to do all season in the last three weeks. His eight, 10, eight targets. We've seen him catch touchdowns, be efficient the last two weeks. So excited for him. He goes in a fun game against Seattle that I hope will be kind of a back and forth affair. And then I get to put my least favorite fucking player in the universe in here because uh, as long as T-Bag, as they call him, is starting. Uh, this guy just can't stop finding the end zone. So give me Cole Komet, uh, ranked tight on 11, to uh, catch a couple more TDs from T-Bag. Oh, my God, T-Bag. Playing the role of Lucas today, who's sitting in second uh, with 390.74 points. Uh, Billy is going to take the take the lead here. Go ahead. I, I love this so much because I get to come back. I get to make these picks. I get to put Taylor Heineke in at quarterback, just like <laughs> the good old days. Every nice. single time. Love seeing Taylor Heineke in there. Look, wherever he goes in the future, we just need to fade that quarterback because they will get hurt or they get benched. Like it's just a lock. <laughs> yep. And I'll be there starting and baby. Taylor Heineke. Uh, at running back, James Cook. Easy enough. You know, he's on a good team. Eventually something has to give. Either he's going to stop getting touches or he's going to have a blow-up game. Marquise Brown, Kyler's coming back. Maybe he's still a little bit limited with the mobility. Hopefully he's leaned more on the arm. You know, Hollywood Brown gets thrown a lot. He's the only target on that offense for the wide receiver position. So you know what? Hollywood Brown, a lot of upside there. And once again, just like the good old days, a random tight end at the back. We got to put Hunter Henry in there. You love to see it. You know, he, he's had some flashes this season. It's fun to look back on like Hunter Henry, the weird career he has. Like Charging he, top five dynasty tight end. Yeah, right. it was phenomenal. And then he, then he destroyed for like, his leg. Yeah. He became like a lumbering lumberer. Yeah. He, it's, it I feels, I, I don't want to. <laughs> give it that uh, he still had a pretty good career. It feels very similar to Gordon Hayward where, Oh, wow. That's a little, bummer. Little basketball. Trend. You, why, why would you, why would you do that? I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, gets, I, it gets, it gets dark at like four 30. Like I already have seasonal depression and you just reminded me of the saddest day of my life. <laughs> I, 
I was bartending for my friend who was a Celtics fan when that happened, and it was bad. Anyway, that's the but, last sporting event that I'll ever PVR because I had a trivia competition that night, and I PVR'd the game. I went out to the trivia competition. I spent the whole night like blissfully ignorant of what was happening. I come home, I order a pizza, I turn on the game at like midnight um, for my PVR. I've been waiting all day for this. Like I was like so excited to watch. I mean, this was supposed to be the Monstar scene. Like it was off Tatum's rookie season, Jalen's third year. We had Marcus still, we had Kyrie Irving, we had Gordon Hayward, we had Al Harford, Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier, incredible. And then like literally it's, it happened like two minutes into the game. Like it was like immediate. Yeah. It was like the Aaron Rodgers thing where it was yeah. like this thing that we had talked about all year for this he team wearing green minutes. and then it's like over. Uh, yeah. And then it happened and I was like, fuck this. And then I just like <laughs> turned off the game and just like cried and like went to sleep. And then I, from now on I just watch games live because like I will never give myself the humiliation of having like five more hours of optimism <laughs> while everyone else around me knows that I'm eventually going to get depressed when I flip the game on. That's so funny. I'm so sorry that happened to you. And like, oh. like on Twitter, we probably lost like five listeners as we switched to basketball as we lose followers over on X uh, every time yeah. we start tweeting about basketball. Yeah. And true. That's also a really sad story. I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, <laughs> More sad. It happened to Gordon. Yeah, fair. Yeah, that's fair. And look, as your as your weekly points winner currently with three ninety four point six two, once again as the shit. I noticed that you really just kind of uh, tried to counter punch me uh, on multiple picks here. I'm starting teabag, uh, assuming Justin T-bag. is not playing. That's I was so playing. bummed to find T-bag. out that's not his name. <laughs> it is teabag. It is agent, which sucks. Yeah, that's. I mean, bad. it is his name, um, but. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna start him. I'm gonna assume Justin Fields isn't playing. Like, I'm willing to take that zero. Uh, short week, limited practice today. Um, Although this is the only game the Bears are incentivized to win all year. Yeah, yeah. and Bajan been like because it literally so. doesn't matter. Um, well, it does matter. Like they, they, they probably want to keep the Panthers down, right? Yeah, I absolutely. Uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna start Teabag. He's been good. He's rushing. We like that. Uh, I'm sorry, David Montgomery, he's back. And last time he came back off an injury, they gave him a gajillion touches. At worst, I think he takes the red zone game oh, back yeah. from Jameer Gibbs. So I'm I'll expecting those goal touchdown. line wraps. That's for sure. And because I hate myself, uh, I am going to spite cheer for Amari Cooper as he plays the Ravens. This week, uh, he was gonna suck. That game's Sean, gonna suck so much. That game Deshaun, is gonna have like no points scored. Deshaun Watson has looked a little bit better, and I think I could PPR my way with Amari Cooper into oh. that 10 to 12 points. And all I have so work. much Lamar and Watson mm-hmm. and Dynasty, and I'm just chalking up a loss for all those teams. Like, there, it's <laughs> that game's gonna be like six to three. It is gonna be disgusting. Uh, no, I actually think I think Cleveland wins this by like 11 points. Some weird okay, deal. reverse jinx Phil Simmons. It'll be. That's what I think. I I, heard, I called it earlier in the week. The Ravens got away with beating them because they played an XFL, future XFL standout in, in DTR, the rookie. Um. So, yeah. Anyway, Amari Cooper, I'm, I'm going to spite cheer for. And I'm going to take Kyle Pitts here with Tyler Heineke. Hmm. Uh, fun. Taylor Heineke. I'm going to hope for 10 points. Because, uh, again, I'm just trying to maintain – and stay ahead of the game. 
And if Heineke throws the pits, I get that advantage. And uh, I got to keep a little bit ahead of Lucas. So your champ, or at least leader, is trying to play the strategy game and nickel and dime my way to stay mm. in the lead. Remember, winner. Play some defense. Enjoy it. When, yeah. Well, the good thing about the Falcons is that, yeah, if Taylor Heineke scores points, their usage is very predictable. So you, you know that that'll go to pits. It's definitely not going to go to, like, fucking Kadero Lodge. <laughs> You're right. I could have put Mac Hollins or something in there. Yeah, you should have picked like Michael Pruitt. <laughs> oh man, what a great time, Billy! I'm so happy you were able to to come on with us. Yeah. Uh, I know we stretched your time out a little bit more. Oh, yes. than what you initially had been able to do, but we appreciate that. The listeners appreciate that. <laughs> Look, we I I will speak for the guys here and Lucas, who's over uh, across ponds on a wonderful trip that he deserves. Uh, but please come back quick. I'm going to die without you. Um, we have just loved getting this opportunity and being in this position. And we have so much great content on the way we're going to do running backs next week. We're going to work through the positions and have more of these back and forths on ranks and positions. If there are players you want us to talk about, drop them in the discord, go hashtag dynasty points on Twitter in the discord and DM just hashtag dynasty points. Leave it in comments of the videos. We'll talk about whatever players you guys want us to. I know you guys are getting used to us. We're getting used to you. We have a lot of content that maybe we covered already on early episodes of full tilt. Maybe we'll just end up covering again simply because we didn't cover that for you guys. I know there are some beginners, some vets, some experienced players, some portfolio players, some absolute degens like us. There's a mixed bag here, and we're going to continue to shape our content in the best way that serves all of you because we love this stuff. This is all we do. This is what we talk about. This is what we're into. So we can't wait to keep going. Of course, if you haven't already and you want the links to Jacob's Substack, Thinking About Thinking, that link will be in the description you should head over there. It is still the only content I read. So I'm not, I'm not a reading content. It's not how I normally take it in, but I do, I do like the Sunday drive um, with, uh, with Jacob. It's, it's great. And you know, I can copy a lot of the shit he says and just regurgitate as if it's my own, um, like other smart analysts should do. No, but really. And of course, Billy, man, He's in the full tilt discord as often as he can be. That's also free. If you want Trying to, to be a lot more. There. Hey, hey man, we, we appreciate everything you can do. And I really hope you come back, dude. Like this was such a blast from the a past. Blast. Such you know a- you're always welcome here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I very much want to come back sometimes. We, Love that. Man. Psych, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> kid. It's over. Uh, no. <laughs> Billy just takes off. Oh, man. It's a welcome back. Nah. Nah, you're out of here. Yeet. Nah, he's gone. Yeah. No, nah, but really, for us, for everyone, uh, we, we really do appreciate everybody uh, popping in. I couldn't remember how to like purely. Oh, you came yeah. back. I thought you. I thought you were just actually like. I just. I was like, is he gonna come back when I do this? I already insane? gave it an LOL okay. in our private chat. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Appreciate you too. Uh, oh, this has been a great time. Obviously for Billy, uh, Billy the Stone, for Jacob Sanderson, for myself, with Thomas Tipple. Hey, look, 
Everything in fantasy points this week is free. Every show. Oh, right. Matchup points with Adam Kaplan and John Hanson. We're like free to see points. Yeah. (laughs) Cashing points with Scott Barrett, Graham Barfield, and Jake Tribby. Free. Uh, Final points, John Hanson, Tom Brawley, and Graham Barfield. Free. It's all free this week. Everything except for John Proctor's show. That will not be free. That's still subs only. So head to fantasypoints.com. But head over to fantasypoints.com if you're not already. Like the video. Leave a comment. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose in your best days. Well, goddamn, they're always Ben Tilton. Good night, everybody. 